And if they're like making all these promises, yeah, I can do this in a month. I can get you this in a month. I can get you this month. And then month three, you've seen nothing. It's a huge warning sign. Welcome to Musically Speaking, the podcast with your hosts, Lewis and Pedro, where we discuss all things music, the business of music, and making your mark as an independent artist. We're glad you're here. So let's get this show started. Well, welcome to another episode of Musically Speaking, the podcast. My name is Lewis. And my name is Pedro, and we are super excited to have a wonderful guest with us here on the podcast. Go ahead and introduce yourself. It's Katrina Hertz um, with Kick Up Your Heels Entertainment. <laughs> Yay! Cool. Now, for those who are probably wondering what exactly you do, Katrina, we wanted to focus on the aspect of more behind the scenes. We talk a lot about those who are behind the mic and performing, but you do a lot of kind of the behind the scenes stuff. So tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, and what is, uh, you know, your entertainment uh, business that you have right now. So I actually started out working with independent recording artists. Um, Roger Ortega has been the one that I've worked with probably the like the longest. Um, there was some Canadian artists. Um, I actually got involved with it. Um, to be honest with you, I actually was into dancing um, growing up and I had a knee injury and I had been accepted into a bunch of colleges and universities out here in Canada for dance choreography. But unfortunately, that didn't work out with that injury. And I was always taught growing up, you're supposed to have a plan B, but you know, most people think, hey, it's never going to happen to me. Um, so at 27 years old, my ex-boyfriend, he was working with New Kids on the Block and he was, you know, he was introducing me to all these different parts of the industry, background, backstage production, management and whatnot. And he always was like, oh, you should get involved in this. And I actually met Roger Ortega in 2012 um, at a performance that he was doing prior to a New Kids on the Block cruise and we just kind of connected um he was working with someone already at the time and we all tried to work together and I, I, I truthfully do not know exactly what had happened but next thing him and I were working really well together he's actually introduced me to some amazing artists in the industry and then I had already known some people so over the years it's just kind of built up so I've gotten to work with the funky bunch Mark Calderon from color me bad um Roger and you know I've got some really good friends in the industry, whether it be Naughty by Nature and whatnot. And I've been learning a lot and working with them for a couple of years. And at the time, Pedro actually knew us as Mex Mix Entertainment. But a couple of years ago, I started to go to Berkeley online and I realized, you know what, I have to do this for myself. So I completely rebranded a year ago and made it kick up your heels entertainment with a girlfriend of mine. Sweet. So I, I was curious about the the, the the name Kick Up Your Heels Entertainment. Where did that come from? Honestly, we wanted something that defined us. You know, like the Mex Mix Entertainment thing was something that Roger had kind of thrown our way a couple of years ago. Um, he had Mex Mix when he was living in Kansas. It was their thing. So we kind of thought at the time, which was like three years ago, oh, let's like revamp it, make it girly because it was women running him as he would say like it was all women <laughs> um 
so we made it all like pinky and all that right but um when we decided we wanted to come up with a new name and totally rebrand and make it about me and um like my partner rachel um we honestly didn't have a set direction we were joking around like thinking about us we're like what about gin and vodka or gin and tonic things like that and we're like that does not define the music industry (laughs) and um it just kind of came to us one day and to be honest with you she kind of came up with the name sitting at work and we had a friend of ours who's a designer and we we just kind of had this image just put the heels on it she wanted blue heels i wanted pink because i love pink and he was like what if i just put a blue and a pink and it just it just fit our personalities like completely <laughs> there Sweet. really was no rhyme or reason it was just girly <laughs> i hear you i hear you so Part of what we, you know, we cater to the independent artists on, on this podcast as much as we can. You know, we talk about music in general, but uh, we really have a, a focus on uh, helping the independent artists find their their path, find their way um, and understand, you know, the tools that they need to be successful. So one of those tools that the questions that often come up uh, that we get asked about is, you know, when you know, when is the right time to engage a manager? What is a manager? What does a manager do? Um, so I'm glad we have you on the podcast because we hopefully we can kind of sift through this these these kind of questions. So so what does a manager do? What what is your day to day or what is your month to month or year to year planning kind of? What do you do? You know, it's funny when someone says that or asks that because I think from what the industry was a couple even ten years ago to what it is now is so different. Um, even when you see a lot of these artists from the '90s making their comebacks, a lot of them actually have no idea what to do on their own because years ago they had people doing it for them you know like they had someone making the calls doing the emails setting up their back end like it was labels putting the albums out now people can do it all on social media so with roger for example we've had some long talks about this and you know technically he could do it all on his own an independent artist can do it on their own but it's just a lot more work for them. So for me on a day to day, you know, it's, it's a lot of phone calls and it really depends on the artist too, like how much they're putting in and how much they're not putting in. So like we do a lot of submissions, we do, um, submissions to festivals, submissions to concerts, submissions to talent buyers for, you know, opening acts. Um, watching their Spotify. And to be honest with you, you have to be willing to learn every day something new. Like Spotify for us, like even seven months ago, it wasn't a big deal. You know, it, it, now it's like, you have to have a Spotify campaign, but you have to make sure that you're doing it through the right people. Um, there's people out there who say, Oh, it'll be like five, $6,000 to do a Spotify campaign, but you have to really know what's legit and not legit. And can you do it on your own? So it's a lot of research. You know, it's not like back in the day when you had a label who just, they knew the answer to everything. Um, It's a lot of people actually learning along the way and you have to learn together. So, I mean, we, we do the bookings for interviews. We do the submissions for new singles. We hire, if we don't want to do the PR work, we hire PR to get him interviews um, or the artist interviews, the social media updates. It's completely different than having a label behind you but at the end of the day i feel like the reward is greater because you have done it on your own you know there's nobody saying oh i've done this for you so i need all this money you know they're making their money they're seeing they're following they're they're seeing their back end they're submitting what they want 
and as an independent artist, there's no rules. You could submit two songs a year, 10 songs a year. You could submit a brand new song in North America, but be completely working a different song in Europe. So that's, that's the thing. There really is no, you don't have to have a solid structure. There's no rules. You have to have your own structure with your artist to know this is what the artist wants at the end of the day. But in the grand scheme of things, there is no rules. You make your own. Now, speaking of, of no rules, do you feel like, I mean, back in the day, you didn't really need to have a particular connection to the artist to be a manager. You basically was like, this is what you had to do, and you threw them out there. Do you feel like in today's age, you need to have some sort of personal connection to the artist to be able to flourish with them since there's so much going on as opposed to maybe in the past? I think you have to know what they want. Um, you know, again, I'm going to go back to Roger because I think there's so many people like me out there who have this dream of like managing artists and whatnot. And, you know, like I said, we did the Berkeley, I just did a Berkeley online course a couple of years ago. And in that course, there was 35 of us. By the end of that course, there was 10. It's how much you want to work and how much you want to learn. But the one thing that they stated in the whole thing is if the artist and the manager don't know the other person's, like each other's goals, it doesn't work now. You know, so he knows my goals. I know his goals. I do think it's important that you know that you have a connection with them. You don't have to be best friends by any means. It just so happens that some of the people I work with, we've become like family and other ones that I've worked with. It's just more like, okay, this is what we're here to do a job. It really just depends on the personalities, but with some of them, yes, I do have a connection and I think it is important and it is very important because then I can pick up the phone at any time of the day and say, listen, this needs to be done and they'll do it. Sometimes you work with people who you don't have the connection with and they're like, yeah, 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 I'll get it done later. But if you want it, if you, if you're both following this dream, then the connection is so important because then you'll get there faster. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So I, I think for, for independent artists, like you said, you know, they may not necessarily need management in the beginning. Um, but let's say they get trucking along and they start getting, uh, you know, more shows or more notoriety or they, or they become, you know, the, the kings of their of their uh, of their town. Um, at what point do you think is the right time to engage a manager if you're not managed? If you're not managed and you can handle your own social media and you want to do your own bookings, that's great. But eventually it does start to pile on. Like if you're doing shows after show, after show, after show, and you don't have a manager, who's watching that everything's done right? Who's answering all those emails while you're supposed to be busy working on your songs and getting shows? And do you want to be responsible for ticketing? Do you want to be responsible for phone calls do you want to be responsible for more submissions let's say you get five shows back to back but you also only have five days to get through this many emails and get through interviews who's managing it all for you you know so i think it just becomes a, to a point when maybe when you're first first starting out you know you don't want anybody else doing it and you want to learn for yourself like a lot of artists want to learn it on their own they want to they want to know the background now. And that's great. Like, I think every artist should know the background. But I do think if you're starting to get more shows and more shows and more interviews upon interviews, there comes a point where you have to say, I can't do it by myself. It's okay to ask for help. 
Like, you know, your job is to be the entertainment. You don't have to be the ones booking your own interviews or making your own calls. And who's going to answer those calls while you're doing a dress rehearsal for a show? It's it's about man time management, self management, and really figuring out like how well are you doing? You know, it's amazing how many people out there don't even know how to use the back end of like CD Baby or TuneCore DistroKid, mm. but yet they know about it because they know they got to get their song on it. But when you say, "Well, how are you promoting it? Are you promoting it through Showco or whatnot?" They're like, "What's that?" But it's on their back end. And when you say back end, they don't know what it is. Like like registering your songs with a pro, yeah. your copyrights, publishing, all that stuff is important. You're right. Yeah. It's amazing how many people don't know Sound Exchange, Nielsen BDS, none of that. And they're like, well, how did you get it on there? Oh my gosh. Like to me, like I get it. You your focus is like being an artist. But if you don't want to bring in a management, then you can't get upset that you're not getting your royalties unless you absolutely 100% know the business. And I, I like that somebody else is saying that besides myself and Lewis, because we do talk about that a lot. And there's a piece there that you mentioned. You didn't say it directly, but do you feel like the the manager is also an advocate for the artist? You know, when the person is getting ready to do songs or rehearsing, you know, they're focusing on their artistry. Do you feel like the manager is also like an advocate just pushing for the artist to be seen and heard? Yes, absolutely. You know, I always joke around that just because you're a management or even just a part of the team, you do not always have to be in love with the song that the artist is about to put out. But mm. I'm you you're also not the pup, you're not like the three million people in the world, you know, four or five billion people in the world. You're just one person and nobody's ever gonna love the same thing. So no matter what you feel of a song, you wanna see your artist do well. You know, and you know, a lot of people joke and say, oh, because you want to make the money. It's not even about that because these days making money in the industry is not easy. There's so much competition out there. There's so many ways to do it yourself. You really have to know what to do. But if you're, if you believe in your artist, then yes, you 100% should be pushing whatever it is they're ready to release. Sure, there's times I'm very honest with some of these artists and say, I do not like that song. I don't believe in it. But if they believe in it, then you know what? Cool. Let's go for it. And sometimes I'm wrong, you know, but you, in order to make, like they say, in order to make the teamwork, the dream work, you've got to work together. So yes, it is very important to be an advocate for that artist, you know, even messaging them saying, listen, you didn't post on social media, you know, as lame as that sounds, you have to do it. So let's say I'm an artist and uh, I'm at that point where I'm ready to, to, to bring on a manager on my team. Um, what should I be looking for in a manager, right? Because a manager can be the mom, right? Or the manager can be someone who's, you know, has their company and has a couple of artists. What should I be looking for in a manager? I think the first thing you have to do is you have to sit down with that person that you're looking for to be the manager. You got to make sure from day one, you're on the same page. You know, like at the end of the day, even though the manager is the manager, the artist is the boss. That's how I look at it. You know, like, so if, if even though the manager might say to the artist sometimes, okay, you got to step this up, you got to step this up. Guess what? If they do it, they do it. You, you can't be there. Unfortunately, as much as you try to get them to do things, you can't control them either. You know, they, they have a mind of their own. 
you need to get on the same page. You need to see that it's a perfect fit. And when you say it's a perfect fit, you have to see that they have the same ambitions, the same dreams, the same goals. Like you want the manager to say, you know what, this is what I see for your song or for, you know, you as an artist in like two months, three months, five months, six months, 12 months. If you say, you know what, I want to be on stage at like da 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 festival in one year. You have to make sure that when you walk away from meeting with that manager, that you're confident enough that guess what? They're going to get me on that show. Do they have the right connections? Do they have the right ways of doing things? It's you have to find the fit first. You can't just say, oh, this person said they can do this. You have to really have that conversation. You know, you have to make sure that the manager, when you're talking to them, is like, okay, well, is your song like have a plan, have a marketing plan, have a plan for everything you do. If there's no plan, you can't just pick somebody. You you have to you have to do your research. I mean, what what are the warning signs that this may not be the right manager for you? Someone who says they can do something in in like let's say, I mean, I always say give a 3-month plan. That's my first step. 3-month plan. And if they're like making all these promises, yeah, I can do this in a month. I can get you this in a month. I can get you this month. And then month three, you've seen nothing. It's a huge warning sign. Um, someone who doesn't communicate, someone who doesn't like, you know, with the artists I work with, they'll say to me every couple of weeks, can you show me this? Sure. Done. If you can't, if the management can't prove something that's been asked of you, that's a warning sign. You know, it's easy to post on social media and make your pages look good. But what's happening behind the scenes, like what work is actually getting done. So I always say give it three months, especially if the artist is so, so new. Um, and it's a lot of communication. Like, you know, I talk to the people I work with every day, sometimes three and four times a day. You know, it's you just have to follow the plan you put in place. If you're not if the management's not following the plan, it's a red flag. Now, those are excellent points, by the way, and those are warning signs for those who are probably uh, over-promising is probably something you want to look at and not being able to produce data. Those are all good things. One thing that I was actually thinking about while you were speaking, Katrina, what about, you know, we got to be honest here, paying someone, how does that work? Uh, You know, being able to get a manager is one thing, but what you know, for you or for others out there, how does paying for management look like? There's a lot of different scenarios, you know, and again, it comes down to like when you get into contracts and how long you've been with someone. And, you know, there's, when I say there's a lot of scenarios, there is, there's, there's some people who genuinely say, okay, you know what, I'm only going to take money for shows from shows because you are, like starting out and that's fine. You take a 10, 15%, you know, some people take 20, but I'm I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, some people do a monthly, you know, a monthly payment this, they work it out with the artist. Um, other people do like, if you have a, like a song that's doing really, really well, some people do a combination of like, this is how much I get paid a month. Plus I get a percentage off the sales, you know, so it really like, there's so many different scenarios for payment, you know, and truthfully there are people and, you know, I'm one of them that when you first, when I first started getting into this with some of the artists, 
it was more for me, to be honest with you, like it was more for me, a huge experience. And it was like, you know, as much as people say, oh, these independent artists are living their dreams. Well, more and more people are wanting to manage and work behind the scenes. So it's kind of like they're living their dreams too, you know? So you're working really well together. And then you're saying, this is the percentage I want. Eventually that changes, you know? So it really comes down to, again, communication with the artists that you're working with contracts and what you work out with them and shows and how their songs are doing, you know, and some years you can do great and some years you might not, but again, it's a risk for everybody. You know, that's unfortunate. That's the unfortunate part of the industry these days. Everybody can do it on their own and everybody thinks they're a star and it's not true. You know, they're like, it's just like Instagram. Everyone thinks they're a model. (laughs) You know, it's, you really got to put in the work to see the money coming in. In this world that is ever changing, ever evolving, ever learning, how important is it to be connected? Because I feel like you don't have to be as connected now, but there's still some of that who do you know type feel. Uh, how important is it to be connected to have a successful a manager? I think I can only speak for myself. Um, my, you know, I've spoken to other people. You know, I'm blessed because I do have the opportunity to know some of the people I do know. And for me, it's more like a continuous learning. You know, it's it's constantly learning because, you know, like the music industry is constantly changing, like all the time. Um, So, you know, I do get advice constantly and I don't take it as criticism because it's not like everyone says to me all the time, like, this is how this is changing. And this is how this is changing. But like I said, I'm blessed to know the people who are giving me that advice. I think I'm lucky to know the people I know, but every, if, if people in this industry know people, you might know some that have the biggest names out there. And then you might know some that aren't as big, but still feel so connected. So it, I don't think there's like, I don't, I think everybody's different in who they know. I don't think it's super important to know the biggest names out there. Um, I think it's how hard you want to work, you know? And like I said, some of the people I do know in the industry, it's because I worked hard to get there. Not because I didn't, you know, not because I sat back and had somebody hand it to me. Like I said, I can only speak for myself. I don't think it's super important. If you want to get up every morning and work towards your goals and work towards your dreams and work with your artist, I think that's what matters at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, the way the music industry is changing, even the artists who were so popular in the 90s still have to do things like pay to appear at awards sometimes if they don't have a song that's big or they have to go through so many steps to get into the Grammy Association. And then they sit back and they say, well, how did this little independent artist get into the Grammy Association? And we've had like Grammy Awards in the 90s and we don't have that. It's because you don't have five or six songs in the last two years. So it, I think the connection thing really is not that important. It's the hustle that's important. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's important for independent artists to know because it still feels in some sort of way that somebody got there because they knew somebody and that is not necessarily the case. So if you are working towards a particular goal, don't worry so much about who knows who, 
but continue to learn and evolve and eventually you'll get to you know rub shoulders with someone who probably perceives you as a big deal and maybe you become the big deal so you never really know in this super quick turn you know all you need is something to go viral and you're famous so and like pedro you know already like roger for example you know he's a part of the grammy um association he's a voting member of the grammy association i mean he's talented he's all that but he doesn't have a song on radio so it goes to tell you you can do it with a lot of hard work you know while there's artists who were from the 90s like i said who who are not a part of the grammy association even though they've won a grammy in the past so it's really about knowing the ins and outs of the business and something like that you know it comes from hard work and persistence and you do not have to have a number one song on the radio to be a part of that association yeah and i also just to add to that you don't necessarily need to be super successful on radio or you know chart number one on itunes a ton you just need to make sure that you are consistent enough to be able to get that that group that following that you want and i think social media has a lot to do with that yeah it, it's true i mean and the, the other thing is you know i think i've personally realized in the last like year to build up social media it's a job in itself you know like yeah, it's a full-time job there's so many people buying followers and doing this and doing that and it doesn't work either because my favorite line is fake does not buy you know you can have 50 to 100,000 followers but if your music is not selling that says something you know and i've learned as horrible as it is to say i've learned like looking at people's pages who have like a million followers when you look at their comments and you realize the comments have nothing to do with the photo you know there's ways to figure it out so I always say, like, I'd rather see you have, like, 5,000 followers versus 100,000 followers and 95,000 of those are fake because your music's not going to sell on fake. Amen. They're not going to buy tickets to your concerts. They're not going to buy merchandise. Yeah, that's the way it is. Nope. Exactly. So in that sense, I guess I'm tough. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. Well, Katrina, I, I know, uh, you know, your, your time is uh, uh, important and we appreciate you spending it with us. I think you you drop some major gems, and I think our audience uh, has a lot to chew on and uh, and 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 be able to work with. So we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to spend with us, uh, especially talking about what we love the most is independent independent artists. So again, thank you for uh, for for spending some time. Thank with Thank you so much. It was great. <laughs> and for those who want to know a little bit more about your entertainment business and maybe they want you to manage them because they love what you said tell them how they can reach out to you the best bet is to check us out on instagram it's at kick up your heels entertainment but the name is kick up your heels ent just ent at the end <laughs> and we will be putting that information on our site on the show notes so you'll be able to click on that fairly easily and once again, thank you so much for your time. I think a lot of people, uh, even those who aren't in the music industry and are just like to listen to our show, probably learned a little bit about what managing is all about. Awesome. Awesome indeed. Well, this wraps up another episode of Musically Speaking, the podcast. Please make sure to follow, to share, 
to like, to subscribe, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Musically Speaking with your hosts, Lewis and Pedro. Be sure to visit musicallyspeakingpodcast.com for show notes, past episodes, and our blog. Please subscribe, like, or share with a friend.